Right, we come to the reading of God's holy word. Please open your Bibles now. Let's go to the Gospel of John. John chapter 1, verse 35 to 42. John chapter 1, verse 45, or 35 to 42. I may request everyone to please stand. Beginning at verse 35, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed him, followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. May God bless the reading from his holy word. Please be seated. So good morning once again, good morning even to those who are worshiping with us in their homes through our online worship. Now we continue with our series, Each One Reach One. Okay, that is the campaign that we are launching today, February 28. Who is your one? That's the title of the campaign and that is also the title of our message today. Who is your one? Now, what is this campaign? Campaign is very simple. For one year, that's 365 days including today, we are going to focus all our prayers and efforts on reaching one person. Every one of us, every member, every worshiper, whether we are, you are worshiping with us, online or here on site. Our goal is that for this year, each one of us will bring one soul for Jesus. All right? We are going to bring one soul for Jesus. Okay? Not just sharing the gospel to that person, but literally ushering that person to join our church. All right? To join our Bible studies, to join our activities and become one of Christ's followers, right? That is our goal. So, for the next few months, we are going to focus on one person, okay? For each one of us, we have our prayer guide, we have our Bible study guide, we will provide you whatever resources that you need, all right? So, we will help you to do it. So we are simply launching this and we will be having more resources coming 
to guide you, to help you. Okay? So, who is your one? Now, later on, uh, in the middle, probably towards the end of our sermon, I want us to together write the one person that we are going to pray, be praying for. Right? That one person that we are going to bring to Jesus. Alright, so our message today will be focusing on Andrew. Alright, Andrew. In our passage, we find here that there are two disciples of John. Now, John, the John there mentioned is John the Baptist. Alright, John the Baptist. So, John the Baptist, of course, he has his disciples and we are told... In John chapter 1, the two of his disciples are following, starting to follow Jesus Christ. And you know, John never stopped them, right? John never became envious that his disciples are now becoming the disciples of Jesus. You know why? Because that is the goal of John. John is not there to be the focus. Remember, John says, I must decrease, you must increase. In fact, John the Baptist was just a forerunner of Christ. Now that the Messiah started his ministry, it is John's ministry now, you know, to bring his disciples to Christ. He is simply preparing them. And friends, that's what we are doing. When we bring disciples, when we share the gospel, when we reach one, we don't bring them to ourselves. We are simply helping them come to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? The goal is to bring them to Jesus Christ. The goal is to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And friends, what we are doing is the greatest thing that will ever happen to one person. What is the greatest thing that you can do to a person that will even outlast his life? You know what? It's about sharing the gospel. What could be more greater than a person being saved? A person going to heaven. A person saved from the fires of hell. Remember last week, we were talking about hell. And the greatest thing that can ever happen to a single soul is for him or her to be saved from the fires of hell. And the only way to do that is for that person to repent of his or her sins and come to Jesus Christ as his or her Lord and Savior. Now, going back to our passage, we find here that one of the disciples is Andrew. And our focus now is on Andrew. And by the way, uh, Andrew is the patron saint of Scotland. And, all right? He's the patron saint of Scotland. And uh, later on, we will be you know, uh, knowing a lot of informations about Andrew, okay? But Andrew is the brother of Peter. And why we focus on Andrew? Because Andrew, you know, historically is the first disciple of Jesus Christ. He is the first. And we, sometimes we thought that it was Peter. But if, if you read John's account, it was Andrew who first became the disciple of Jesus. Now, there were two disciples mentioned, but who's the other one? No mention, right? Of course, the other disciple there is John. John the Beloved, okay? The one who wrote the gospel, right? And so, it's, it's normal for Bible writers to not to mention their names in their own writing. So, that disciple, that's the same disciple that Jesus Christ loved, 
is no other than John the Apostle. So it was John and Andrew. Now, what do we know about Andrew? Andrew is just mentioned nine times in the New Testament. We don't hear some miracles of Andrew, no. But the name Andrew means manly. Manly, right? Andrew, right? And he is known as the first disciple. But as we study his life, his life is very simple, all right? But we find him as the one who is what? The inviter, the bringer. <laughs> the one who reached one soul for Jesus Christ. Now, we could even say that if Andrew did not reach one soul, particularly his brother Peter, then there would be no 3,000 souls added to the first church because of the preaching of Peter. Right? If not with Andrew, there will be no church in Greece because Andrew is said to be the first missionary to the Greeks because he also brought the Greeks to Jesus Christ. So, meaning to say, friends, a lot of what Christianity is doing today, you know, can be attributed to a very simple act that Andrew did. Just bringing one soul to Jesus Christ. Right? That's very important. And, and what we're going to study this morning is just very simple. How to reach your one. And we will just follow the narrative. Okay? How did Andrew, you know, bring Peter, his brother, to Jesus? And the rest is history. Peter became the leader of the apostles. And it was... It was Andrew, you know, the silent Andrew, the Andrew that is, you know, always on the sides. But he was the man who started it all. Amen? So how to reach your one based on the life of Andrew. All right, here's the first principle. Write this down. Seek first Jesus. Seek first Jesus. Look at Andrew. The next day, John was there. This is John the Baptist with two of his disciples. Now we know who are they, Andrew and John the Beloved. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. That's John. He said, the Lamb of God. So John was pointing the two disciples to Jesus. The same thing that we should be doing. We should be attracting people to Christ. Not to ourselves. It's always to Jesus Christ. So when the two disciples heard him say this, take note, they followed him. They followed him. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. Now, the first thing we find here is that Andrew and the other disciple, John, they really sought Jesus. Of course, they were, already, they were already disciples of John the Baptist, so they were already familiar with the Scripture. And so, John the Baptist was, if the Bible study series of John the Baptist is only one series, one title, Jesus. 
Okay? So, all their discipleship was focused on who is this Jesus. So, basically, John the Baptist was just studying scriptures and scriptures upon scriptures, prophecies upon prophecies about Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came, that's what John the Baptist did. Look! The Lamb of God. That's the one we've been studying. That's the one. And he pointed them to Christ. And, and what they did, they followed Jesus. Friends, that's where discipleship starts. Right? That's where we start. We don't start by going out there and reaching people. No, we start with ourselves. We start with us seeking our Lord. And that is why in this campaign, we want you to go to the scriptures. Before we try to seek for our one, we have to make sure that we have to seek the one who saved us. That's the first thing we must do. Focus on seeking Jesus Christ first. Remember what Jesus said, Matthew 6.33, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I believe one of the things that will be added unto us is that one person that we will be bringing to Christ. But that's the first thing. That's, that's the ministry of a disciple. It is always seeking the Lord. But pastor, I already, I already accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm a believer already. Friends, there is no stopping to our search for Jesus. Even if we found Him, we don't stop following Him. We have to search and seek more of Christ, more of Him, more of His love, more of His righteousness and goodness. And, and, and we cannot exhaust the Bible of, of telling us who is Jesus Christ. That's what it's, it means to be a Christian. Amen? When we call ourselves Christians, we always study, we always seek our Lord, our Master. And that's what we find here with, with Andrew. We find him as a man who sought after Christ. Right? Now, Hebrews 11.6 tells us, He who comes to God must believe that He is. That's the literal translation. In the, in the NIV, it says, Everyone who must, who must come to Him must believe that He exists. Alright? But in the Greek, it literally means He is. Right? And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Friends, when we seek Jesus Christ with all our hearts, the Bible says God is a rewarder. He will reward. And you know what? The greatest reward of a Jesus seeker is not, is not blessings, not financial, not you know, answered prayer. I believe the greatest reward of a person who seeks Jesus is Jesus himself. He is the reward. Amen? And he promised. He promised. Remember, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Remember Jeremiah 29, not 11, but 29, 13. If we seek him with all our hearts, we shall find him. See? So he is the reward. We will get to know more of him and we get to, to have more of him in our lives, brethren, when we don't stop seeking Jesus. So that's the first thing. Here's the second principle. 
Stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Now that you found Him, what must we do? Now that we have sought Him with all our hearts, what must we do? Well, let's follow Andrew, right? Stay with Jesus. Make Jesus Christ a part of our daily journey. Look at Andrew. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Friends, what example we find there is that Andrew was not just satisfied with searching for Jesus Christ. When he found Christ, he stayed with him. Can you imagine the boldness of this man? The, the rabbi, the messiah, and then Ingon Shaken, can I stay with you, Lord? Friends, we can do that to our Lord. Lord Jesus, can you inhabit my life? Lord, you know, sometimes our staying with Jesus is compartmentalized. Do you know that? We only allow Jesus to say in some areas of our life. It's like we invited Jesus to spend in our home. And then we only allow him to, Lord, you can enter this portion of God, this room, but not this, Lord, huh? Of limits, this is only with, for me. Sometimes it's true in our lives. That we don't allow Jesus to stay in every area of our life. There are places in our lives that Jesus is not yet Lord. <laughs> Lord, my problem room, stay here. <laughs> we want Jesus Christ to stay in our problem room. Lord, when I have problem, you are the Lord. But not in my pleasure room. You know, pleasure room, Lord, that's just for me. See, we don't want Jesus to mess with our pleasures, see, sometimes. Or maybe in our treasure room. Lord, you are the Lord in our kitchen, you are the Lord in our living room, but not in my safety deposit room. You know, Lord, you are not the Lord in my money. See, sometimes a lot of us do that. But I, I you know, I still remember a very common statement that says, if he is not the Lord of all, he is not the Lord at all. So when we say, Lord, can I stay with you? When we invite Jesus to stay in our lives, friends, that means we allow Him to, what? To become the Lord in every area, even those areas that we are unwilling to surrender. My question for us this morning, what area in your life that Jesus Christ is not staying there? What area? Because I know we want Jesus to be involved in, you know, in our, in our business, in our affairs. But there are still areas in our life that He is still not Lord. But friends, if we want to become a disciple of Jesus, He wants to be the Lord of every area of our lives. Amen? We have to let Him stay. Even if it means what? Struggles, even it means that you know you have to give up some of the things that you know you treasure so much because in reality, to be a Christian means trading all our treasures for one treasure Jesus. Remember what Saint Paul said? If, if you remember Philippians chapter uh, 3, you know, if you read verse verses 
you know, uh, six, seven, eight. What do you find there? Paul says he had all the the credentials that can bo he can boast of, the confidence in the flesh, right? But what did Paul say? Paul says, now that I met Christ, I consider all of them rubbish compared to the surpassing knowledge of having Jesus Christ, my Lord. Friends, when we allow Jesus to stay in our lives, everything else becomes just an accessory. Amen? Make Jesus Christ the main treasure. The rest, just accessories. Don't reverse it. Don't make Jesus as just an accessory to our living. Make Him the main thing. Right? Look at this. In Mark 3.14, this is what discipleship is all about. Jesus, that's the He there. He appointed 12, notice this, that they might be with Him. See? That's discipleship. Being a disciple is that we are with Him. Are you with Christ? Is Christ staying in your life? And that He might send them out to preach. You see? So never reverse it. You cannot just go and launch yourself immediately without being with Him. It is important that we stay with Him first. Amen? John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Take note, if you remain in me and I in you, what's the promise? You will bear much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Friends, our success, our productivity, our fruitfulness depends on what? On our remaining in Christ. Remaining in Christ abiding in Christ. So first, we have to seek first Christ. Then, we have to spend, we have to stay with Him. Fellowship. That's why Christianity is a relationship. Be in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we teach, you know, our people here. That being a Christian is not just joining a church, you know, attending a Bible study. It's not a religious club, no. Being a Christian is being in an intimate relationship with Jesus. Amen? That you talk to Him, you read His Word. When you have problems, you immediately cry out to Him. When you have successes, you rejoice and celebrate with Him. It's making Christ a personal Savior, friend, and Lord. All right, number three. Okay, number three. See the value of one soul. See the value of one soul. We find that Andrew has this attitude of valuing, you know, one soul. You know, he's not for, he's not for hundreds. You know, he's not like Peter that, you know, Peter preached one sermon and 3,000 got saved. That's the mighty Peter. Right? Andrew, you know, ang Andrew is isa-isa lang. Right? Notice verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. Alright? So, he has been following Jesus Christ. That's Andrew. Now, I love verse 41. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. 
Now that phrase, the first thing, friends, that's so important because that tells us the heart of Andrew. That gives us a glimpse of this man's heart. The first thing. Right? So Andrew must have loved his brother so much. And by the way, I, I don't know, no, but we know Peter, right? We know Peter when he became a Christian. You know, he's the impulsive guy, right? Making statements that later on, you know, he would, he would change. <laughs> diba? That's Peter, okay? Peter, the Peter who could even rebuke Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine the Peter before he became a Christian. <laughs> if that was Peter, you know, a follower of Jesus, imagine him before. I could imagine Peter before Christ. You know, the Hambugiru guy. You know? And no wonder Andrew, the silent brother, the first thing, no? When Andrew knew, now, you know what? Thank you, Lord, for saving me. The very first person that Andrew wants to save, if there's one person that will literally go to hell, it's my brother. <laughs> Sa pagkahambugiro, ano na kong igsoon? Murag maimpirnog yun eh. So mauna siguro nga, when Andrew met Jesus and he got saved, ingon ang Bible, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him. Amen? The value of one person, you know? Wala ginyon ng Bible nga, you know, he got so anxious nga, he, he want to want, win his, he wants to win all his barang, barangay no, he started with the person closest to him. And of course, see, Peter was a companion, you know? They were fishing together. So, Andrew, you know, and you know the life of a fisherman, and they've been through, remember, storms, and probably Andrew was wondering, perhaps we would, you know, meet another storm, and what if my brother would drown? When he dies, he will go to hell. Lord, I cannot accept that. So the first thing he did was tell his brother Peter. Now, brethren, that's how important when you value one soul for Jesus Christ. Now, let me give you an example. Have, have you heard about Edward Kimball? Aside from what I wrote there that he's a Sunday school teacher. You don't know him. In fact, I tried to Google him and there's a Wikipedia, but it's not this Edward Kimball. It's another Edward Kimball. He's just an unknown person. What's known of him is that he's just a Sunday school teacher and not even a good Sunday school teacher. You know? He's a lousy Sunday school teacher. He's even afraid to teach. You know? As far as, you know, the information that we go... Now, you know D.L. Moody, right? Dwight Lehman Moody, of course. Even if we are Filipinos, we always hear about his name quoted in books. In fact, there is a, a printing press that prints books, Christian books, the Moody Press, right? Well, he was known as one of the greatest evangelists of America, a revivalist. He founded the Moody Bible Institute and the Moody Church. Until now, it's still there. He's just a famous evangelist, a famous preacher. Did something great. Well, let me tell you this. This man was brought to Christ 
by Edward Kimball. D.L. Moody, when he was a teenager, was just working in a shoe shop. And, and, D, and Edward Kimball was just maybe impressed by the Holy Spirit, was just trying to reach out a man, you know, to Christ, invited him to Sunday school. At first, D.L. Moody refused, of course, but with the persistence and with the kind heart of Edward Kimball, D.L. Moody surrendered his life in a one Sunday school setting. And you know D.L. Moody, right? He's one of the greatest men used by God. But friends, the story doesn't end there. Because D.L. Moody, in his ministry, somehow influenced F.B. Mayer, a pastor in, in UK, who later on discipled another guy by the name of Wilbur Chapman, another evangelist and a powerful preacher, okay? Who then influenced another man, another powerful preacher by the name of Billy Sunday. I'm sure you've heard of that name, Billy Sunday. Okay? And later on, he discipled one person, okay, Mordecai. And why is Mordecai Ham so famous? Because he's the guy who reached out to one poor boy in some neighborhood by the name of Billy Graham. And the rest is history. Billy Graham probably, what, drawn millions and millions of people to Jesus Christ through his crusades. Right? And we can all trace back all this to a simple Sunday school teacher, Edward Kimball. You see? The value of one soul. Be able to see the value of one soul. Okay? Just imagine, you know, the soul that you will be bringing to Christ. From Edward Kimball to Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists who ever lived, and to the millions of Christians that were brought. One soul at a time. Amen? So who's your one? All right? Who's your one? You know, you could be bringing someone, the next what? The next pastor of Bradford Church. See? The next missionary. All right? The next evangelist. We do not know. Okay? Just see the value of one soul because the rest, it's up to God. Amen? It's up to God. Ours is just the response, taking the initiative of bringing one soul to Jesus. Number four, seize the opportunity. Seize the opportunity. In other words, don't be a coward. Don't always think, oh, what if, what if, friends, most of the time, the reason why we could not bring a soul to Jesus, it's not because it's hard, it's because of pride. Pride is our enemy. The pride of being rejected. You know, we are afraid of being rejected. The pride of being considered, it's like, sometimes we don't want people to call that. Number one, we, we, we are not, of course, lying tinuhuan because our tinuhuan is basically the same tinuhuan like most Christians. It's Jesus Christ. Right? He's saying, ah, so many born again. 
Nga naman tayo born again. Tinood, di tayo ka born again. <laughs> What's wrong with being called a born again? I'm born again believer. In fact, I'm happy that I'm born again because if I'm not born again, I'll be going to hell. In fact, you need to be born again because if you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. Amen? Jesus said, John 3, 3, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that's why we are helping them become born again because we want them to see the kingdom of God. So, seize the opportunity. If you have an opportunity to bring them to Christ, do it. Okay, look at verse 42. Right? First, it was in his heart. The first thing he did was tell his brother in verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means what? Which translated is Peter, the rock. Peter. The mighty Peter. Can you imagine this? The focus now goes now to Peter. What happens to Andrew? Andrew is forgotten. But Andrew sees the moment. Friends sees the moment. Don't be afraid. Invite. In fact, let me suggest, you, you might as well spend. Remember? I told you. You can even spend your money. You know, treat people. Bringing people to Christ sometimes can be costly. But you know what? It's worth it. Amen? Because when that person is saved, when that person follows Jesus Christ, when that person's life is changed, no amount of millions can pay that. Amen? It's priceless when people come to Jesus Christ. So whatever it takes for you to bring one soul to Jesus, friends, seize the moment. Do whatever it takes. You know, spend money, pray so much so that you can seize the moment. You can bring that person. Friends, let's see another side of Andrew. How Andrew sees moments when he can bring someone. In John chapter 6, Andrew is also mentioned here. You know, the setting here is the feeding of 5,000. All right? And here comes Andrew again. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley and loaves, two small fish, but how far will they go among us so many? That's another mention of Andrew, okay? He's always seen as what? Another disciple, you see? He's not the Andrew, he's just another disciple, the brother of Peter, but he's the one who brought what? The boy, which resulted to what? The feeding of 5,000, and that's just men, not counting women and children. You see? Seizing the moment. Just one boy. And then another time we find Andrew is in John chapter 12. Now, this is where I mentioned about the Greeks. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. Right? They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. And you know what Philip did? Philip went to tell Andrew. So, no, nagiden is Andrew. Si Philip, murag napot siya fear. Bang, hadlok mo ko ano. Si Andrew lang. Bigay, kamaw, magmaw, maginikusog ka. Yung magdalas, ginoo. 
Alright? Mamani kusog kayo. Drew, Drew. Na may mga Greeks dere. Saan mani? Alright? So Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus Christ and then the rest is history. No more mention of it. See? That's Andrew seizing the moment when there is an opportunity to bring one soul to Jesus Christ. Grab it. Never waste it, brethren. When you can bring a soul to Jesus because that's the greatest thing you can ever do to that person. Amen? That's why Ephesians 5.16, Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know how I, how I take this verse? This is how I take this verse. If I don't grab this opportunity, the devil will. That's what it, it says. The days are evil. Alright? If, if, if I will not grab this person and tell them and bring that person to Christ, the devil will definitely bring that person's soul to hell. So I'd rather grab this person rather than the devil doing it. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Amen? And then finally, we come to the fifth principle. Stick to your one. Stick to your one. Okay, once you brought that person to Jesus Christ, don't abandon him. Don't leave that person. You know, walk with that person, journey with that person, assist that person until that person is ready to walk with Jesus by himself. Alright? Notice Matthew 4, 18 to 20. Alright? This is actually a year after John chapter 1. Okay? When, when we find the chronological events, uh, scholars tell us that Matthew chapter 4, the calling of Peter happens a year after that encounter with Andrew. So for one whole year, you know, Andrew keep listening, okay, following Jesus, but Peter is not yet a disciple. You know, kita lang siya ni Jesus, but then he, he just, you know, he just goes with his brother. But this is what we find. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Alright? They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once, they left their nets and followed him. See? Can you imagine? It took a year. That's why, friends, sometimes it takes one year for us to stay with what? With our one. And that's what Andrew did. Okay? Andrew never abandoned Peter for one year. Kuyog-kuyog lang siya, pero kung nas Jesus, iyan lang pong kuwan na makapaminaw si si Peter, no? But it was at this moment when Peter finally said, if you read another account, I think in the Luke's Gospel, this is where when Peter really, you know, surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And Andrew was just at the side praying, Lord, I brother, Lord. And when Peter finally says, Lord, I'm going to follow you, you know what Andrew did? Yes! Yes! That's what he did. See? And sometimes, sometimes friends, sometimes we think that, you know, we already brought the person to Christ, we, we, we leave that. No! You stick to that person, just like Andrew did. You know, stay with that person. You know, 
continued the fishing. You know, they were still fishing. But you know, in the heart of Andrew, he was a fisher of men. Brethren, you don't have to leave your work. You don't have to leave your career. Just be where you are and there bring someone to Christ. Amen? It took one year for Peter to finally surrender and become a disciple of Jesus Christ. So for the next one year, our goal is to really pray for that one. You know, who's your one? Pray for that one. Stick with that one. You know, stay with that person until that person finally says, you know what? I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? I want to follow Jesus Christ. Now, conclusion. Now, let's see the ending part of Andrew. You know, Andrew, traditions say that Andrew took the gospel north into Russia and, of course, possibly Scotland, where he became the patron saint of Scotland. And if you notice, if you Google, if you have stained glass of St. Andrew, it's always connected with what? An X cross. Because he was ultimately crucified in Achaia in an X-shaped cross. Right? The story is that he shared, he shared the gospel to a, I think, a, a governor's uh, wife. Okay? And that wife became a believer and the governor was so angry that he had him crucified in an X-shaped cross. And he stayed there for two days. His death, it took two days for him to die. But you know what happened according to history? During those two days, everyone that will pass by, he would still invite them to Jesus Christ. And, and history tells us that there were people who got saved just looking at Andrew being crucified. And that cross became part of, you know, the symbol of UK. In fact, if you remove the cross of UK's flag, you find there Andrew's cross. That's known as the cross of Andrew. And he's part of the history of the Christianity in United Kingdom. Okay? Just one person, you know, a simple person, you know, no, no great stuff, but simplicity of reaching one person for Jesus. Now, let me close with this verse. 1 Corinthians 1, 27-29. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing to bring nothing what is viewed as something. Friends, you might find yourself, you know, insignificant. You know, I'm just nobody. Think of Andrew. He was just a nobody. And yet, he was the one who brought Peter and many others to Jesus Christ. Amen? So that no one may boast in his own, in his presence. We can say, Lord, I am just insignificant because all power and glory belongs to you alone. Amen? So who is your one now? All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, 
We thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you for this message. We thank you for the life of Andrew. In his simplicity and obscurity, O oh God, he took one soul at a time for you, O oh God. And that brought a lot of tremendous benefit to Christianity today. May we do the same, Lord. Give us the heart, O oh God. Give us the burden to truly bring one soul for Jesus for one year. Help us, Lord, to do that. Even we pray, Father, for the person that we are considering to be our one. Help us, O oh God, to take the time, to take efforts to really care and love that person and pray for that person and never stop praying until we see your hand moving in that person's life. Father, maybe there are still people in this worship service today who has never committed his or her life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you are here this morning and you realize, and maybe you have even asked, am I saved? Am I born again already? Am I going to heaven when I die? Friends, if you do not know the answer, let me tell you, the Bible tells us the answer. That those who believe and receive Jesus Christ will not perish, but will have everlasting life. You can be saved today, my dear sister, my dear brother. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why don't you pray with me? I, I want to lead you into a prayer of receiving Christ to be your Lord and Savior. If you want to be saved, please follow with me in this short prayer. Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. And because of my sins, I will definitely go to hell. But Lord Jesus, you came here on earth. You died on the cross to pay the penalty of my sins. You rose from the grave because you are the Son of God. I believe you and I want to receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Savior and as my personal Lord. Save me from my sins. And thank you for your promise that those who receive you and believe in you will have everlasting life. Thank you for making me a new person today. I believe that with all my heart because that's what the Bible says. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Brethren, if you made that prayer, congratulations. You had just become a child of God. Amen. Can we give the Lord a clap offering? All right. So as we go to our offering, there are some things we need to do. One is fill up your Who's Your One card while we have our offering. We will be uh, watching another video clip, right? And then after the service, there's a, there's a wall there where you will clip the name of your Who's Your One. All right. Thank you so much.